Welcome to the Soul Hub podcast with myself, Carrie Davis Monroe, and this morning, my guest, Andrew Querdon. Uh, Andrew, welcome. It's lovely to have you with me this morning. Thank you, Carrie, and it's nice to be here in your beautiful home. <laughs> it's always lovely to have guests here, but always special when it's you and Carmen. So this morning, we are doing a follow-up to the interview that I did with Carmen. You are both co-creators of Soul Hub, and we want to get into the into the gold really about you about your journey what's led you here today um, and we're going to come to that question maybe a little bit later that we ask Carmen first of all what makes you soulful but you will have heard already because you've heard Andrew talk he is not from the UK he's from South Africa so my first question to you Andrew is really I guess what led you to the UK how do we how did we get you here in the UK uh, well I guess you can thank my father for that um, being he was born in Eastbourne uh, and grew up in, in the West Coast uh, near Somerset, which is ironically where Carmen is from. Um, but so anyway, he went out to Africa when he was 20. And then um, I was born in a little uh, town in the middle of uh, Rhodesia or Zimbabwe, um, but then schooled in South Africa. And uh, so I had uh, the luxury or the privilege of a British passport um, as a child and, and growing up. And um, so when I started, well, I started dancing at the age of 10, and realized quite quickly that I wanted to pursue my dancing career. And although I danced for 10 years in South Africa, I realized that I really wanted to take it all the way. I need to come to the home of ballroom dancing, which is London or, or England. Um, so yeah, when I finished school, um, I said to mom and dad, I, I wanted to pursue my dancing career. And they were like, yeah, but you're gonna go to tertiary education first. So don't, don't get too excited. So I tried that, but with a whole political situation in South Africa, mm. uh, it failed dismally because the, the colleges were being burnt down and the lecturers were being interrogated. So I ended up just doing a one-year course. Um, and then um, I decided no, this enough was enough. And my, my mom said, okay, fine, uh, I'll <laughs> we'll let you go. So they very kindly helped me um, uh, move to England. And not, not that I even thought I'd be here that long. I thought maybe I'd just come for a gap mm. year or something. Who knows, just to try it out. But um, here we are 26 years later. Mm. So um, can I track back a little bit? Yeah. So you've talked about, um, you know, you've talked about your dancing. And I should say, Andrew is not just a, a, a bit of a good professional dancer, but Andrew's done a season on Strictly. Um, and, you know, he has absolutely reached the very, very top of his profession. So I want to ask you, what made you start dancing? How did all of that begin for you? Uh, so I guess my mum was a uh, very proficient piano player and teacher. Um, and there was always music and dancing in our, in our home uh, in colonial Africa. My parents had a rather large house and uh, quite often they would roll up the rugs you know clear the furniture and and throw a party for for all friends and family uh, and that was when i was a little tiny little boy and i would just you know curl up in the corner and sleep while everyone mm. was dancing so um the, the house was always filled with music and, and dance <clears throat> even though my my dad was a, a policeman he he kind of did have the odd dance every now and again um so i kind of grew up around it you know you know sound of music um uh, king and i um you know greece um you know and obviously all the classics all the classics oh, um and then uh when i was uh eight my sister turned 21 uh and yeah you're the youngest aren't you by far yeah. yes yeah. so she dragged me kicking and screaming as a dancer because i was incredibly shy uh and chubby i was far from what you might call it a dancing child and obviously being in south africa a boy boys don't dance so it was the worst thing you could do but anyway she dragged me onto the dance floor kicking and screaming 
And then I think three o'clock the next morning had to kick, drag me off the dance floor, <laughs> kicking and screaming because I think I fell in love with it. Um, and I would mm. go around asking all the women in the, in the room to dance with me. So that was that. And then when I, and then two years later, when I was 10, Dirty Dancing came out uh, mm. on the screens. Patrick Swayze. And, and Patrick yeah. made it look yeah. cool and Matt Show from Man to Dance. And um, I think there's also other movies like uh, uh, Footloose and obviously Michael Jackson was mm. out in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And by then we'd had Saturday Night Fever as yeah, well. Saturday so John Travolta all... was there making it cool. um, And they all really <clears> just <throat> spoke to me, um, you know, as men dance dancing so that was it so I went along to my oh and then two two guys in my class at school uh started dancing and I thought well have they been brave wow. enough uh and I was being bullied anyway I thought well it can't get much worse mm. so um I went home and asked my mom and dad uh if they could take me dancing lessons which they nearly passed out and fainted because you know dad being policeman and yeah. brother being yeah, first yeah, in yeah, rugby yeah. and all that but anyway uh off I off I told and went in and I saw the ratio of girls to boys which is about 22 to two um and uh no, I fell in love with it so yeah. and that's been a story ever since hasn't it in terms of you know the ratio and the world that you've lived in being women and I think we'll come back to that a little bit later because obviously that has an, an effect on you and you've almost had to sort of fight for where you are you know I know my daughter's just gone to dance college and again the, the ratio of girls to, to boys is 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 massive and the boys are very few and far between so that has an effect on you doesn't yeah, it should yeah. we talk about that now or later uh yeah we can talk about it now i guess um so i guess you know here uh, you know moved to england when i was 20 uh you know with no real friends or family you know i was on my own um and then you know not having the common ground of you know common schooling uh, i wasn't into football you know mm. i wasn't a drinker because i was dancing mm. um, i really struggled to to make male friends um and then i'm so very quickly kind of went into the dance world where you know it's predominantly um well it's it's mixed obviously but we're, you're in a couple right yes. so it's only you and yes. your partner yeah and it's you know, very and intense isn't it very intense and you know a lot you know there are obviously men but many of them are okay uh, not all of them um, so I did make some friends uh, eventually within the dance world, some, some male friends. But um, generally, you know, I've kind of struggled to um, form really healthy, strong relationships with men. And a lot of my male relationships in the past have been, um, I don't know, lacking in, in emotional uh, intelligence uh, and care, you know, from, you know, it's, it's mm. an intergenerational trauma down the, down the patriarchal line. And it doesn't just affect women, it affects men as well. Mm. So it's something I'm really passionate about doing, working with men to help them, um, you know, balance their sexual energies, their masculine and the feminine. And, and likewise, I work with women in the same sense of, of um, helping them find their inner feminine and, and masculine and balance it out. And uh, so yeah, that's my kind of future work or part of my future work. Yeah, and I know that you have done and you are still doing a huge amount of work on yourself and something you said to me earlier, you know, what's almost the expression what's for us won't go past us, although we all go through a lot of really difficult times, we're sort of getting we're arriving to where we meant to be and I know you've done, you know, one, you are a yogi, your yoga instructor, as well as a dance therapist. You've just, you know, you are discovering and enhancing your metaphysical dance and you're doing so much, but it is a journey. And something you said to me is 
earlier again, you feel very much or you felt very much that you were a square peg in a round hole. What's led you to do so much sort of self-discovery, which you, you're still doing? You're always working on yourself, aren't you? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think maybe uh, I think it's born. You know, this is this is the thing that I'm, I'm fascinated by in, in the sense of contrast, you know. Um, we always look at bad things thinking, well, they're just bad. And, and yes, they are bad, but they inspire mm -hmm. greatness sometimes, you know. And maybe if I wasn't bullied at school, I wouldn't have tried so hard in different areas or mm -hmm. it might have, you know, taken me a different path. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess just, I don't know. I don't know what it was about me. I was very sensitive as a child, very mm -hmm. empathetic, empathic maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and, but also kind of... Um, yeah, because I was the youngest of the family was and growing up in a generation where children should be seen and not heard, um, that mm -hmm. also kind of made me go within myself. Um, and I struggled to speak up and find my voice. And it's only really kind of in the last, you know, I don't know, since I was 40, probably really finding my voice, mm -hmm. um, my authentic voice. Before that, it was the dancing that was doing all the talking. Yeah. You know, that was my yeah, that was your self-expression. Yeah. Yeah. Because I hadn't learned how to speak up for myself in, in, in other ways. Uh, and then obviously when I was 40, that all came crashing down, you know, mm -hmm. and we'll maybe talk about that later. And suddenly, like, who was I? You know, if I'm yeah. not a dancer, then who was yeah. I? So yeah. um, it's been about, I guess, discovering myself. And I don't know, um, you know, I was brought up uh, in a very alternative uh, religion um, that was based around metaphysics. So even then, I, I wasn't able to talk about my spiritual uh, beliefs and faith to anyone at school mm. um, and to <clears throat> my friends so it was very much a private part of my life and all the way through even to the point of just before I got married or even to my marriage uh, it was not something that I, I spoke about even to my wife which now is I was like oh my god why, why would you not mm. um, but I just got so used to not being able to talk about my beliefs because they were so radical and different um, so it's really great now that I find myself in a tribe where, and, and a community where I can openly and freely talk about what I believe and, and I'm finding more common ground with people on that aspect. So I don't know, it's been, I guess it's, you know, life, like we said earlier, life happens for you, not mm -hmm. to you. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I was just put in a situation where, um, yeah, I felt I needed to find my own way. And it's interesting how Carmen has a similar journey of, we both taken the path less traveled we both kind of felt the square peg round hole mm -hmm. and so it's forced us to take different paths and we've not taken the conventional path by any stretch of the imagination yeah so. and it's interesting because we spoke to Carmen she was very open and honest about going through a marriage that wasn't necessarily right for her and coming out the other side and then you know you're cast adrift a bit and the the waves that that caused and I guess in a in a similar but I know a different way you went through a sort of parallel experience didn't you yeah it was almost like a mirror image yes you know, Carmen um I, I'm, I'm sure she won't mind me telling because I think she said on the last uh, mm. podcast but you know she she um, was a gentleman for a long time and then married and I think they she she had an affair and, and divorced him within about five months or something like that, mm. which is very, very similar to, to my mm. story, what my wife did to me. Um, and so, you know, if I had met Carmen about, I don't know, eight years ago, I probably would have hated <laughs> her and not spoken to her. But, you know, we've both done our work. Uh, yeah. We've both healed that part of us and, and yeah. understood the, the, the bigger picture. Um, and so, yeah, we've kind of looped around and, and um, we can see both sides of the story and, and this whole thing of, uh, this constant um, uh, self-awareness, self-work um, that 
hopefully, you know, we'll, we can avoid the similar situations and help other people, mm. you know, this emotional awareness, the speaking up, speaking your truth, which is mm. one incredibly you mm. know, um, powerful things for us, you know, and doing it in the moment when, when maybe it doesn't seem so important, mm. but you've got it in that moment saying, I, right now, I don't feel comfortable or whatever. And so yeah. that doesn't lead to, oh my God, we're five years down the line or 10 years down the line and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm trapped. Yeah. Uh, and, and then it's too late or it's, it's a big bang. right? Yeah. So. And I think we're all dealing with that, aren't we? As coaches, therapists, we know different people within Soul Hub. We are working with people who do feel trapped at this point in time. You know, we are a very specific time in history and not only this time of year that I'm talking to you, Autumn, but, you know, certainly it makes the coming out of the last two years and what's going on in the UK. Um, it's a difficult time, Andrew, isn't it? And we acknowledged that earlier for mm. us to be doing our work. Mm. Um so I want to ask you, how did you, you know, you were doing all of this and you did your dancing and you did your season on Strictly. And obviously you are this top professional, <laughs> top athlete. And you said suddenly you came to a point where you weren't that anymore. Mm. Talk us through what happened there and how maybe that led you towards Soho. Well, you know, in, in our work as, as therapists, we, we kind of talk about, you know, transformation or, or spiritual awakening or whatever you want to yeah, call it only yeah. really comes from two two things one either inspiration or desperation you know and sometimes you we do have to hit the rock bottom we do have to hit a wall um first to go okay this is not working and what can i do so so yeah i guess um in 2010 got married end of 2010 and 2011 uh, my wife left me and then the same year my dance partner of nine years decided to stop dancing so in 2011 my whole life sort of flipped upside mm. down and I didn't know which way it was up. And it was also kind of just after the big sort of um, credit crunch of 2008, mm. 2009, banks were uh, you know collapsing, big businesses were crashing down. And it was kind of the first um, first time in my life I really kind of got a taste of, of impermanence. You know, what? where do you put your foundation? Where do you, you know, put your flag in the ground and, and put your confidence and your faith in? Um, and so it was mm -hmm. that point where I really returned to my spiritual practice that I grew up with and went back to meditation, went back to, you know, reading spiritual texts and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and also, you know, psychotherapy and self-development. I mean, my mom, bless her, when I was 17, gave me my first self-development book. It's called The Road Less Traveled, ironically, mm -hmm. in a book that also Carmen has read mm -hmm. uh, in a life that we've lived. And, um, you know, and I've ever since I've been reading self-development books since I was probably 17. Mm -hmm. um, and studying psychology and psychotherapy and so i've been fascinated by the mind and body and and you know just just life how life works so um yeah so i went back into that and i kind of swore to myself that i would find people that i could talk openly about and be myself mm -hmm. um and uh, anyway i but before that um i kind of you know had the had the um life upheaval yeah, how did you come back from that though, Andrew? I mean, just hearing that, I mean, you were dealing with loss, grief, betrayal. I mean, how did you process that? Well, in the beginning, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. beginning, I buried my head in the sand. I doubled down, but most people did, you know, go on, stiff up a lift, go on, get on with it. Um, so you I, had a double loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, and my I lost my mum in 2005. Um, so not that long before, five years before. Um, and obviously living here in a country where mm -hmm. I didn't really have a support base, you yeah. know, very much on my own. Um, so I didn't. I kind of was a bit, um, you know, I, screw the world. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to trust anyone. Yeah. You know, I'm going to build my business. I'm going to, you know, literally the walls came up, the shutters came down. Yeah. I stopped yeah. trusting anyone and obviously including myself. 
Um, and but I built my business. I wanted to like build a brand and uh, you know all that kind of external stuff. Not being a drinker or you know that kind of person, I hit the gym. I was the most ripped uh, yeah. I've ever been in my life. You know, I threw myself into every single work you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then four or five years later, I found myself chronically ill. I had skin disorders, mm. digestive disorders. Uh, my vision was a problem. I was having problems sleeping. Um, and basically, I was burnt out and depressed. I couldn't mm. feel anything. I couldn't feel happy. I couldn't feel sad. I couldn't cry. I couldn't laugh. Um, and my joints were all inflamed. Basically, my whole body was inflamed. Yeah. Um, you hadn't processed it. No, sounds to I just me. swallowed anything, it and buried yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was held inside you, yeah, covered yeah. up um so that was anyway I came to a point where I was sitting and and then I was the flat I was sharing with a a lodger um she decided to leave because she was having a baby and I was like well I can't afford this flat where do I go and then suddenly I realized I had nothing in London keeping me here I had clients Mm -hmm. but even the clients I had I probably didn't really enjoy very much Mm -hmm. um and everything seemed sharp and and cold and hard and horrible and I just Mm -hmm. wasn't enjoying my life and you know for the lowest point I was sitting in the floor of my bedroom talking to my best friend and he just says something really stupid he's like well if you can't go forwards you can't go back let's go sideways <laughs> and I just kind of like oh yeah why why am I in London and and anyway so I decided to sell up everything get rid of everything and go traveling so uh over the next uh year or so I kind of or six months there perhaps I dismantled my life mm-hmm. I put stuff in storage that things that I didn't want to get rid of and then I just got rid of the rest of it and um at the same time, however, I also had to pay back a rather large personal loan that I'd been given. Um, so I did that. Um, I worked all the hours and uh, it that almost finished me physically as well. Mm. Anyway, got Especially at a point when your body was breaking and shouting at you in different ways. Yeah, almost. Gotcha. yeah listen to me. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then came end of June 2016 and I packed my bags and got on a plane to actually to the body holiday <laughs> which mm-hmm. is a, was, a, was a yearly gig that I was doing and that was going to be the start of my journey so um I went there for a couple of weeks of my work and then flew to Cuba and worked my way up around the east coast of America driving mm-hmm. and uh training whatever and then I went across to to Colorado where I went to a Buddhist retreat for a week uh and that was the first time I can almost still remember the day where I felt my heart breaking open in a good way mm. i started to feel again you know we did some really deep work uh, on the on the retreat and really people were opening up very vulnerably and it was the first time i felt that i could be vulnerable mm. i could i could express my emotions and be seen and be held in that space and that was my first experience of group therapy work um and uh and then i carried on my sort of spiritual quest and i went up to canada traveled around canada west coast of canada and then i went my way down the west coast of america to la and i went to a big conference there um by soundstruth.com uh, with with tammy simon with eckhart tolly and marion williamson mm. and all those amazing speakers um and you know it was kind of all that whole journey i was like okay i was really soul searching about what i want to do and it was on that journey i realized that i wanted to help people um you know who who also been going through this journey and uh, and just be uh, a kind of guide for people and uh but obviously i knew i had to do a lot of my own work so when i got back from that i decided to be vegan because i thought maybe you know that was the way forward you know mm-hmm. as as everyone thinks mm-hmm. um i'd spoken to an iron man who was vegan and he was like right you know you need to go vegan um so i did that uh, and i did that for nine months and uh unfortunately it didn't it didn't help 
uh, was I didn't realize that um, I was my digestive system and my genitals were so fatigued and, and um, uh, yeah, exhausted, exhausted. Yeah, they weren't exhausted. able to digest yeah. Yeah. the raw protein yeah. um, that needed yeah. already digested proteins. Yeah. And also, I wasn't able to have the, the pulses, the beans, mm. the breads, all the stuff it's that you know, vegans kind of most yeah. of their, their yeah. kind of the rice, potatoes, yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff. I, my body wasn't able to digest. It was just pure sugar for me. Mm. And so it was creating even more inflammation. So I ended up going to a functional medicine practitioner who took me off that and put me on a ketogenic diet um, and a full on detox. I mean, an incredible Mm, <laughs> detox mm, of everything mm, mm. for for about nine weeks um and that was the beginning of my physical yeah, return my yeah. process and really understanding what foods work for me what don't and that's still a, a ongoing thing for me yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of finding my balance I'm able to have my oats and my rice um you know I can't really deal with carb, um, uh, processed carbs yet but certainly the, the we don't want processed carbs we don't <laughs> no, we want don't. to be no, ever no. dealing with processed <laughs> carbs but you're right that that is a journey and uh you know what works one month might not work the next month it yeah. depends what's going on because we're all a mass of chemicals yeah. so, so so that was the physical and obviously you know i continued um up my yoga um uh, training i did that a lot more um and then to the point where in 2019 i decided to do my my yoga teacher training course uh, and that was also an experience that helped me look back over my life and unpack it and see how all the bits and pieces that I've done along the journey were helping me get to this point um mm. so that, that was great because it must have been hard at some points because you've been through some deep dark times you know and, and it's sometimes really hard to reconcile why did I need to go you know why did I need to go through that why did that have to happen um but you're at a point now where you look back and you have the perspective over that and where it's you know where it's led you today how did you meet Carmen uh that's quite a synchronistic story I came out of um, a polling station in November 2019 and there was a gentleman trying to take a, a selfie of himself awkwardly so I offered to help him and uh, when I heard his accent I realized he was also from South Africa and I asked him where and it turned out that he had been from the same hometown he'd been to the same high school as me wow. also, a fair few years before me um and then uh I'd also he, he knew everyone I'd um, been walking with on the on the safari in Botswana because he's a safari guide. And then it turns out that his wife was also born in the same town as me in Zimbabwe, <laughs> grew up in the same town as me in South Africa, and her mum was in the same nursing home as my dad. So ridiculous amounts of serendipity. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we became friends, and obviously they'd known Carmen. And when they heard about my work with, you know, the yoga and, and the dance therapy, they were like, "Oh, you've got to meet Carmen." And so I started to do work for Sola for Carmen mm. uh, at the beginning of lockdown, mm. uh, and then we just didn't stop talking, uh, mm. and we just got deeper and deeper. Yeah, uh, in, in a relationship. So yeah, and now we we co-create Soul Hub, and it's it's a it's an amazing experience to to work so closely with someone um, like Carmen, and we we have so many similar goals and ways of seeing life and mm. uh no, so being being very blessed so i'm going to come back to that question that i said i was going to ask you later because i think this seems to be the right point you know for me and i'm i'm lucky enough to know you both <coughs> quite well and that's a real privilege for me but you know i've i've seen you even over the last i don't know what it is three four years change quite a lot and come to a very different place feel definitely more acceptance but what makes you feel soulful what what takes you to that soulful place um I think there are a few things for me always 
you know, music and dance is is something that if in the right context and the right place, because obviously it is my job as well. Mm. And so sometimes it can just be quite functional for me. But yeah. still, if I can drop in, drop fully into the music, into the movement and dance, that's for me still my one of my sacred soulful places. Yeah. Um, second to that is being out in nature. I love being out mm. in the woods or mm. just out in the, in, in the wild. Um, you know, growing up in Africa, I feel like I definitely always have one foot in the wild and yeah. the nature and one yeah. one foot in the bright lights. You know, I like yes. I love the yeah. arts and entertainment and people and all that. Um, so nature and then my other space where I get goosebumps when I talk with people and we really get to the nitty-gritty of life and we feel we mm. can be open and present with each other and that mm. that level of intimacy with another. Uh, I love being in those spaces where you, we, you know, you cut the bullshit and you really yeah. kind of get down that to that vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability and and yeah, and just talk talking heart to heart. That's that's the place I love to be. Yeah. And I think that's where we're at, isn't it? With Soul Hub, all of us. We were talking about this earlier because one of the questions I said to you is what do you want from Soul Hub from here? And you know, you had a you had a different answer to that. So I'm going to ask you again. You know, where's it going? What do you and Cars want? Is it is it? You know, I know you're aligned on that. Where's the direction? Um, well, we're aligned, but also, as I said to you, uh, Kerry, it, it does change. You know, from yeah. maybe one day or one month to the next, um, because the world's constantly changing. Which we're, we're trying to be um in some ways um responsive to what is required mm. but i think deeply we want to create um some form of community where people can feel uh, and be themselves um and also i think there's no coincidence that when carmen founded soul hub that she called it soul hub and you know we we feel very passionate about the soulful things that perhaps one would go to to religious uh, religion yes, or yeah, churches yeah, or, yeah. you know things around honesty around kindness around you know integrity and um, you know all, all these uh, non physical mm -hmm. things you know we obviously in Soho we do the physical stuff we do the food we do yeah, the yoga yeah, the body yeah. work all that kind of stuff but. But you know, we also tackle the the metaphysical stuff. Yeah, we do. You know, and the the stuff that's sometimes very simple and and sort of we should know, but we because it's so um, nuanced um, and and spiritual, it's it's it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's emotional stuff. Yeah, and that's where we like to play. And and in the the deeper questions of like, why am I here? Who am I really? You know, you know, is there a higher power? You know, who do we who do we turn to when when the when the you know. The pumpkin hits the fan um you know what do we turn to who do we turn to and um you know that's that's kind of where we feel most passionate about so creating mm -hmm. spaces whether it's online in person uh one-to-one -one group whatever to so people can come and they can feel safe um and and held and there's a kind uh respectful space where people can ask the questions and we can mm -hmm. talk you know we don't have the answers mm -hmm. we have we have what we believe and, but everyone's going to have their own path that we can um, create and facilitate spaces where people can can find their own answers and, and talk and find like-minded and like-hearted people you know and this is why soul walks you know great yeah yeah you know, we take people yeah. to walks in nature and, and it's just a space for people to open up and uh and feel safe and held um and i think that's mm. the fundamental basis for any therapeutic work is to create a safe space where people feel absolutely safe. So it's that that's, psychological that's, space however that turns out whether you know we want to have a, a physical bricks and mortar space which you'd love yes um yeah. or you know it's online or it's just events that we run um you know um as we go along yeah and it is that holistic approach, isn't it? Because yeah. we can offer the physical, but the physical is nothing without understanding how we're going through that. 
you know, that journey and the emotions do a lot more work with people with the emotions. We can't just look at the physical. We can't just process how people are digesting because it's we are a mass of chemicals that are made up in so many different ways. So I want to ask you, you know, almost finally here, I've got an eye on the time. Yeah. What's your current focus? What's what's next for you and where are you at personally? Um, oh, there's so many different projects that I'm juggling, which is lovely. You know, mm -hmm. uh, definitely abundance in, in sort of variety, which we can't uh, love. We love mm -hmm. the variety. Um, but I think for me, developing my metaphysical dance aspect, mm -hmm. my... Um, uh, Can you just explain what that means? Because I know someone else heard you say that recently. So I don't really know what he means by that. Will you explain what that? I means? think someone said it's mega physical. No, it's not mm -hmm. mega physical. So it's uh, the direct translation of metaphysical is above or above or beyond the physical. So that which you can't see, you know, um, and it is so. It's the emotional, spiritual um aspects that govern our lives that are, in, are interwoven into our lives and, and, I, and i work with principles uh that dancers use for example balance mm. uh timing mm. uh focus uh integration um you know uh lead follow structure coordination. flow yeah. coordination all these yeah. kind yeah. of principles that are also you know tools and, and and laws that we use in our everyday life and so i use it as a metaphor and and a way of physically embodying and and appreciating the power of these principles mm -hmm. so if you come along to a metaphysical dance class you know we talk about structure and flow how does structure support flow and how does flow support and create structure and and just how we have this within us but the other thing that i'm also incredibly passionate about is the the balance of the, the sexes so the sexual energies of either masculine or feminine mm -hmm. whether you're a man or a woman regardless of your gender you we all have when everything there is masculine and feminine, you know? Mm. Um, so I like to unpack and look at that and heal that and mm. balance that with an individual so that hopefully uh, we can somehow heal the war that has been going on between the sexes since, since Adam was a lad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. You know, and I think the religion has a lot to answer for that in, in a lot of ways. Um, so we, we kind of unpack it and we talk about it and we, we explore it in, in a form of a, of a dance. Yeah. which I think life, life is a dance and I teach life as a dance I love that I love that and obviously the fact that you know there is no destination we we all know that in Soul Hub don't we and you and Carmen embody that we're all just you know trying the best with what we've got and we're moving through it and you know as you said earlier within Soul Hub all of us want to help people and at the time you know at the time that we're talking today so many people are struggling in so many ways and we hold that quite heavily don't we and Sometimes, you have yeah. you know you have what did you say to me earlier around that uh what did i say i, I guess you know there there is a whole world of of pain of trauma mm. of chaos um and you know all we can do in, in, in is, as therapists or, or people in this space is just be our best self you yeah. know to inspire people we, we cannot we cannot heal and help every single person on the planet even though we'd love mm. to right mm. because everyone also is, is entitled and and um uh, allowed to have their own journey their own experience mm. you know who are we to tell people how to live their lives and this is something that both Carmen and i feel quite passionate about there's so many people out there telling people how to yeah. live their lives yeah you know and we don't have the answers you you have the answers within you we just need to create spaces where you can find your own answers um you know we can be inspiration we you know you can take a bit from us and a bit from someone else yeah. and you know you make yeah. your own your own recipe uh for, for well-being but um so for us it's yeah it's just um being the best we can be and heal ourselves the more we can drop into ourselves heal our own wounding our own trauma 
the the better we can you know ripple out into the into the universe and, and hold space for others um and, and just not pass on any trauma really yeah and somebody said to me bill bill murtha a, a friend of both of ours said to me this week he heard a brilliant quote um you know if you're wondering what to work on right now just work on yourself yeah. um, and i think that says it all andrew thank you so much for spending time with me today and thank you for being so open and honest as both in you and cars always are um you know people listen to this and you won't know that they both give off just the most wonderful energy to be with them I try and be with them as often as I possibly can so that's um that's my pleasure and my privilege and I will say look reach out to us reach out to Andrew he is as you can hear extremely open um we all are at Soul Hub but Andrew and Cars are open to the space and what we offer growing improving and being what people want so we'd love to hear how this resonates with you what are your thoughts do you have any questions for Andrew I know he'd be really happy to answer those um, and come so, back. So yeah, to just you. if you want to connect with me, obviously you can do it through Soul Hub. I've got a page on there. Uh, you know, I run uh, fun social ballroom dancing classes. If you want the light stuff, and that's the beauty of Soul Hub, right? We we offer the light fun stuff as well as the deeper transformational work. Um, you know, <clears throat> going to be starting some men's dance uh, workshops. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot, lots of ways you can kind of um, reach me and reach Soul Hub. You know, there's again. <clears throat> pasture wellness is different for everyone so yeah. hopefully you know depending whatever draws your uh your curiosity or your interest how um, do they find your dance company uh so if you look at andrew curtain uh then all my classes are on there um brilliant so that i don't bombard them bombard that onto soul hub so yeah, yeah i have a separate website for my dancing um and um and yeah. obviously people can find you at soulhub.co.uk yeah and i'm on instagram and facebook uh, a little bit super um, so, yeah. all right andrew thank you so much thank and you, uh, it's just a little piece of you i know that but um i hope people have got a flavor for what you are as i certainly have today thank oh, you thank you Karen.